Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. If you have your Bibles, if you would flip over to Mark Chapter 7, verse 31. And you're going to get a very uh, condensed, stripped-down version of my sermon this morning because of time. But I want to look at this story of healing. It says uh, in Mark 7, verse 31, Lord, and I just declare that you would multiply our time. Lord, let your word jump off the pages and encourage us this morning. Lord, and I pray that you would give me the ability to encourage the room the way you've encouraged me, Lord, with your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It says, again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and he put his finger in his ears. He spat and touched his tongue. Jesus is getting up close and personal. Then looking up to heaven, he signed, and he said, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were open, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. Read this whole story to read this one verse. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes, he makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. So there's this insane story of healing where Jesus grabs this man who has a speech impediment. He pulls him to the side. It's a side note uh, that Jesus loves to pull people aside. And get one-on-one, up close and personal. And he spits and he touches this man's tongue. Um, which I'm just trying to imagine the chosen episode of like this playing out. I'm like, how is this going down? And how do you feel when Jesus spits on you? Maybe that's a sermon we'll preach one day. When Jesus spits on you. But Jesus spits, touches his tongue, and the impediment leaves. And he's healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're a healer. But then... He proclaims, don't tell anyone about this. And, of course, they don't listen to Jesus. And they go and they tell everyone. And in verse 37, it says, and they, everybody say they. They "They were astonished beyond measure, saying he has done all things well. The miracle of this chapter, the greater miracle, I should say, of this chapter is not the healing. It's that hearts of a corporate group of people are moved and they all in unity are declaring Jesus does all things well. The greater miracle miracle of this text is that hearts were wide open to Jesus and they're confessing he does all things well. His leadership is second to none. His leadership is not like anyone else's leadership. His leadership, he does, I didn't see him, what he was doing. I didn't understand it when he was spitting. He was pulling him aside and he starts poking this man and I was a little confused and I was thrown off. But now in this moment, I'm realizing he doesn't do things like other people does things and he does all things well. 
What if this revelation hit the church, the global church, that he does all things well? This is not just one man saying, wow, he does all things well. This is a group of people, and they were astonished beyond measure, saying he does all things well. What if we truly believed that? What would, what would, what would political seasons look like for the church if we truly believed he does all things well? What would, what would conversations with our spouses look like if we truly believed he does all things well? What, what would happen when we hear of someone who just got a diagnosis if we truly believed he does all things well? What about problems we're facing? What about fears we're navigating? What about unbelief that sets in in hearts? What about struggles or circumstances or discords? What if we truly believed he does all things well? What if we left meetings like this and what we left saying to one another with wonder in our voice was Jesus does all things well? Everything he does, he does well. His leadership can't be compared. You can't compare anything to it. You can't even fully study it. All you can do is allow wonder to hit your heart and go, wow, he does all things well. That means whenever you're walking through something that you don't understand, you get to take a step back, get a higher perspective, and go, I don't know how this is going to play out, but he does all things well. I don't know what's going to come of this, but he does all things well. I can truly say in confidence within my heart, I don't know what's going to play out with this discord between Israel and Hamas, but what I know is Jesus does all things well. I don't know what's going to happen this next year in our nation as we move into another political year. I feel like we're still recovering from the last one, but I can tell you this, he does all things well. You know, when, when, uh, I didn't plan on saying this, but when, who was the last president? When uh, Donald J. Trump was president, uh, we got married, we had kids, um, we encountered God. Uh, all of these crazy things happened. Now, with Joe Biden as president, uh, our marriage has gotten stronger. We've, st- we've had another kid. We've still encountered God. I could write a list of all of the things that God has done in our life, uh, regardless of what political party was in office is the point I'm trying to say. And I can tell you that regardless if it was a Republican candidate or a Democratic candidate, God has done all things well in our life. But I watch as the church is so shaken. Here's the thing. When the world is shaken, okay, it's the world. It's the world. They don't have Christ as a firm foundation. They don't have him as an anchor to their soul. When sin is running rampant, when you see unsaved people declaring uh, that love is love and truth is truth, and they're redefining all of these things, well, they're not saved. Unsaved people will do unsaved things. But when the church is shaken, we have to ask ourselves a question. What do we believe? Because he is an anchor to our soul. He is a firm foundation. He is the rock that can't be moved. He does all things well. What peace hits your heart when you begin to believe that Jesus does all things well? How do you begin to walk out your life when you believe Jesus does all things well? I told Andrew this morning that I was planning on preaching something to you guys that the Lord then rebuked me. I'm preaching next weekend at the upper room and the Lord rebuked me and he said, I did not give you that message for convergence. I gave you that message for upper room. 
And I went, okay, well, Lord, what message do you have for convergence then? This was yesterday. And I'm like, I'm preaching tomorrow. And um, I had a moment where I got in the shower uh, to process with the Lord. Why a shower? Well, because I have two young kids. I have a son that just turned one and I have a daughter that's two and a half. And so the shower seems to be the only place that I could get some peace and quiet. And I was in the shower and I was processing with the Lord and I was saying, Lord, what, what do you have uh, for me to share tomorrow at Convergence? And I sat down in the shower and just started processing with the Lord. And as I sat down, I began to weep. Now, as I began to weep, all of a sudden, I had this moment where I remembered myself being 16, um, and I was high on marijuana. Not only was I high on marijuana, but I was broken, I was insecure, I was far from God. Um, I hated myself, I hated my family, I hated anyone around me, but on the outside, I had a beautiful mask. And when I was 16, I would go sit in the shower, I would turn on the water, I would sit down, and I would begin to weep and let my brokenness out. Why? Because nobody was around me that was going to run into me. Just was this place where I would process worldly pain by myself. Now, here I am, uh, years later, more than a decade later, and I was sitting in the shower, and I was weeping before the Lord. And I just began to reminisce on all that God has done in the last 12, 13 years since I have met the Lord. And I began to become overcome with a sense that he is bigger. And I found myself repenting to the Lord because I've been walking through things in the last couple weeks that I have elevated above his name. I had forgot the fact that he does all things well. And I started being struck with fear, with anxiety, with different things. My wife and I were having conversations where she was saying, you're, you're talking a little crazy. Your fear is starting to affect your language and out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I had this moment and I began to weep before the Lord and I began to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry because I have elevated pain, struggle, circumstance, fear over you. But Lord, you have the name above all names. You know, that's what we were singing this morning. He has the name above all names, which means if you can put a name to it, it's underneath Jesus. He's bigger. He's higher. He's greater. And I had this moment where I was sitting there and I went, Lord, I've been walking through some things, but I forgot that your leadership is second to none. And you do all things well. I had a whole three points I was going to give you. But I feel so strongly the Lord wanting me to linger to remind you that it's who he is. He does all things well. If I had time, I was going to tell you a bit of my story. I was going to tell you how I was raised in the church, in the Pentecostal church. I had those wild uh, services where Sister Poindexter would fall under the spirit on the back row and start screaming. And Whoa! that's how I grew up. Uh, but when I was in third grade, my parents sat me down and said, we're, we're going to get a divorce. And so in the midst of uh, being in a community seemingly that was in the midst of a, of, of a move of God, uh, brokenness hit my family. And I put a sticky note on my heart. And that sticky note said, if you serve God, uh, you'll end up with a broken family. If you serve God and you attend his house, you'll end up with a broken family. Now, as a third grader, on, only the enemy can do that. Only the enemy can twist something so much that it becomes an internal belief in a third grader. Um, but in Matthew 13, you see Jesus is giving the parable of the tares and the wheat. And it says that one has planted good seed. 
But then it starts to grow and they begin to realize, oh, there's also, there's also tares that are growing with the wheat. What happened? And Jesus says, an enemy hath done this. And, and an, an, the enemy had sown something into my heart. And so over the next year, my parents would uh, split up but then get back together. And, but, it, but it didn't matter because the damage was done. In my heart, I hated God. I had cursed God. And by the time I was in 18, I was in all-out sin, just full-blown <laughs> sin. I wrote a book called Big Jesus, but I probably could have wrote one called Big Sin. That's, that's how bad my life had gotten. But it was all hidden. Drugs were hidden. Um, the, uh, it was just all hidden. And I had a moment when I was 18 where I was at a public high school track meet. And I found relief in running. Um, I would run cross country and track. I would run long distance. And there was something about running that I found relief from the anguish within my soul. Not a godly relief, but just a momentary relief. Maybe because the physical pain of running was worse than the pain I felt in my heart. I don't know. But I was running from the Lord, and I found out that I was really good at running. And I ended up having scouts come and watch me, the district track meet of my senior year. And they told me, if you can compete in this race, we want to offer you a scholarship. And that day, I'm uh, warming up for a race. And nobody prays for me. Nobody preaches the gospel. I probably would have given them the middle finger had they tried. Uh, But in this moment, uh, the power of God, the Holy Spirit began to touch me at a high school track meet. began to fall down on my knees, and I began to weep, and I gave my life to Jesus in a moment. And the only way I can describe it is is it, it was as if Jesus walked up to me, and he ripped that sticky note right off my heart. He delivered me in a moment from over a decade's internal belief system that if I serve God and I follow him, I would end up with a broken family. And now today I have a beautiful wife, a beautiful family. God has just so restored that fear within me. But why do I tell you that story? Because because he does all things well. He does all things well. That in him, it pleased the Father that in him, the fullness would dwell, and that by him, through him, and for him, he would reconcile all things on the earth, above the earth, or under the earth. That's Colossians 1. What does that mean? That means if there's something in your life that needs to be reconciled, it pleases the Father that that reconciliation would be found in Jesus. In Jesus. And he does all things well. I mentioned Matthew 13, and, and, and when he starts talking about an enemy hath done this, an enemy has sown the seeds. He, he says, the servants come to him and they say, well, what should we do? What should we do? And in verse, I wrote it down here because I wanted to share it. Matthew 13. Let me flip there really quickly. And then we're going to pray and land. Um, Matthew 13, verse 28. He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said, do you want us then to go and gather them up? That seems smart. That seems like wisdom. Well, if an enemy has sowed tares, let's go gather the tares so the wheat can grow and be healthy. And in verse 29, he says, but he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Verse 30, he says the wildest thing, let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And that phrase there is so interesting. Let them grow together. 
I'd be scratching my head going, Jesus, what do you mean let them grow together? Let what the enemy has sown grow at the same time as what the Lord has sown grow? And the Lord spoke to me through this text, and he said, Aaron, in other words, what I said was, give it time. Give it time. And that has liberated me from the moment when the day of trouble has come knocking on the door of my life. Give it time. Why? Because I have realized he does all things well. And if you just give it time, if you just give it prayer, if you just bring it back to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what the timeline is going to look like. But I confess what we just read in Mark 7. You do all things well. Watch what he will do in time. Because it pleases the Father that in Jesus is perfect fullness and reconciliation. And I'm a byproduct this morning of the reconciliation of Jesus hitting a home. Today, my, my, my parents have been married for, uh, I think it's 35 or maybe plus years. My mom's with us here this morning. Uh, I had a very, very hard relationship with my sister. And now today, we're in full-time ministry together. She's best friends with my wife. And we have just seen reconciliation hit our home. And in the midst of reconciliation hitting our home, there's still other places and areas that we're contending for that reconciliation to take fruit or to bear fruit that has yet to come. But when I look back at what the Lord has done, I'm reminded, that's right, Lord, you do all things well. And if this is what you've done in this past decade, what will you do in the next one? Because the fullness is within Jesus. And so this morning, I want to pray for you that if you're in the room, and there's something in your life that needs reconciliation. There's something in your life that's broken. There's something in your life that, that you would go, man, I, I haven't seen the, the leadership of Jesus expressed here. I want to declare over you that he does all things well, and I want to pray for you. And so if that's you, can I ask you to stand? And kids' church is now closing. Please feel free to have them join us. But I want to pray for you, and I want to declare that you would experience the wonder and awe that the group in Mark 7 discovers, and it's that he does all things well. Maybe he doesn't do it the way you think he should do it. Maybe he doesn't do it in the time you think he should do it in. But I want to confess to you today that Jesus does all things well. Aaron, you've said that. I get it. I'm going to herald it over and over again. And say, Lord, hit my heart with wonder. And so if that's you, would you just lift your hand? There's, you know, we're standing all around the room. But Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this room. Each and every person, Lord, who's standing, saying, Lord, I need to experience you. Lord, I need to know you. Lord, I need to see you. And Lord, I just want to declare what you have done in my life and in my family, would you do in these? Lord, in, in circumstances and situations that they seem too far gone or they seem like, Lord, where are you? What are you doing? Lord, I pray that you would extend your hand over them. And I declare, Lord, Colossians 1.19, it pleases the Father that in you all of the fullness should dwell. That by you, Lord, to reconcile all things back to yourself. Lord, would you reconcile marriages and families? Would you reconcile prodigals? Lord, would you reconcile bodies? Would you reconcile relationships? Would you reconcile siblings, Lord? Would you reconcile son to father and father to son and daughter to mother and mother to daughter, Lord? Would you release your reconciliation, Lord, in this house like only you can do, Lord? And we just declare that oftentimes in following you, Lord, it doesn't make sense 
convinced. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it's costly. Lord, but the more I have followed you, the more I have been convinced and come to see and know that there is no one like you, Jesus, that you truly are the pearl of great prize. You truly are the healer, the deliverer, the reconciler, the shepherd. Lord, that you are who you say you are. And not only are you are who you say you are, Lord, you do the things you say you're going to do. You're faithful, Lord. Lord, and even when we are faithless, you can't deny yourself, Lord. You're faithful. And so, Lord, I just declare over everyone in the room that's walking through the day of trouble, they're walking through a trial, a circumstance, a situation. Lord, would you teach us truly to lift up the banner of your name? To say, as for me and my family, as for me and my life, I will confess the name of Jesus and I will boast, Lord, that you do all things well. Lord, we're thankful for the healing. We're thankful for the breakthrough. We're, th we're thankful for the deliverance. Lord, but the more we encounter you and see you and know you, Lord, I begin to realize that breakthrough is not answered prayer. Breakthrough is you. Breakthrough is experiencing you. Breakthrough is knowing you. Breakthrough, Lord is growing in intimacy with you and nearness and closeness. And I just feel like I see the Lord in each one of you that have stood and you've said, that's me, I need prayer. I see the Lord bringing forth oil from your life, bringing forth a costly oil that you get to offer back up to him. And I also declare that in the midst of whatever it is you're walking through, that you would begin to see Jesus and know him as the man of sorrows, the one who's acquainted with grief. And even feel like if there's pain in the room that's unprocessed, I hear the Lord saying, I'm a really safe place to process your pain because I'm the man of sorrows. And so we love you, Jesus. And you, I don't know if we have a ministry team or... Thank you guys for letting me share this morning with you. Would you do it, Lord? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel even just what Aaron is sharing about reconciliation, I just feel that verse like that he would restore things that have been stolen. A restoration. Anything that the locust has eaten, anything that's been stolen, Lord, we just, even in this place, Lord, we ask you for restoration, Lord. Restoration. I see relationships being restored. I see family being restored. I see marriages being restored. So, Lord, we just thank you, Jesus, that you reconcile all to yourself and we thank you Lord that you also you're in the business of restoration of restoring things that have been stolen Lord the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but you have come that you would have life abundant so we declare where there needs to be restoration and reconciliation we speak life we speak life Lord life I just see him breathing life into situations this morning life into hearts if you need life just in your heart just just lift your hand this has been a heavy season i just see the lord putting just breathing life in this season lord we thank you for life 
And I just ask you that you would breathe that into hearts this morning, that you would breathe your life. That you would breathe your life into situations, that you would breathe your life, and we do, we thank you that it's Jesus. You do all things well. So we just ask you, Jesus, that you would just breathe your life, life, life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If I could have our uh, our uh, staff and any table group pastors just come up to the front here, and if you have any prayer needs, we'd love to pray for you. If that's you, you can just come up. We'd love to just pray for you. Jesus is good. Amen. Come on. It's so good. So thankful for you guys, Aaron and Sarah Beth. Thank you for coming just releasing what you guys carry. Um, I also really quickly, I just have it on my heart as Aaron and Sarah here. I know um, Upper Room is currently in the midst of a building campaign. They're raising money for a a new building. Their heart is actually to even unite uh, North and South Dallas and just to see a resting place for the Lord there in Dallas. And so can we just pray Right now, Lord, they're trying to raise, I think it's $6 million in 60 days. Um, And so can we just pray and believe the Lord for them? Um, Yeah, we just thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, for more than enough for their building. And right now, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that your arm is not too small. Like, you can do it, Lord. You can bring $6 million in 60 days, Lord. And we just thank you. We bless that house. We bless the fruit all across the world from what um, has been released through Upper Room, what's been released through Michael and Larissa and the whole team, Aaron, Sarah, Beth, Lord, the whole staff. And we just ask you that you would do it, Lord, that you would do it, Lord, that you would do it, Lord. And so we just thank you, God, right now that you're releasing supernatural funds supernatural funds thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so you can come up if you want prayer come up to the front just want to bless you you watched online we're so glad you joined us we'll see you next Sunday also I just want to celebrate too like we had Jesus night on Friday night, and we had multiple backs healed. We had a shoulder healed. So I just want to say, like, also, I know we talk about the gifts a lot. We talk about Jesus as healer, but he actually does it. <laughs> it's not just words. He actually wants to heal people. So if that's you, if you came in, just, just reach and touch whatever area that is and just say, Jesus, I thank you that you're the healer. Because we're seeing healings happening, and I believe that we're going to see more as we step into this harvest season. All right, bless you. We love you. We're so thankful for our church family, Convergence family.
Have a great day. We love you.